Thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We honor you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for our brothers and sisters who have led us into the throne of grace as we've had the opportunity to worship tonight in the middle of the week. So many things going on in our lives, so, so busy we are. We pray that you, might, that you might meet us at the point of our need tonight. We seek to come to draw near to you. We seek to sing praise to your name and to glorify you and, and to draw near to your word so that we might understand what it is that you have for us, how you, how you wish for us to live and honor and glorify you in our lives. We pray, Lord, that tonight you would forgive us of our sins, that we might be in a position to hear and understand your word, and that we might apply it in our personal lives. We thank you for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for our great high priest, Lord Jesus. We honor you. You are risen, you are ascended, and you are seated in glory. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the, the Holy Spirit that you put inside of us. We pray for the many burdens and needs of people all around us. We pray for our world, that your will would be done, and that your purposes would be accomplished as the gospel shared by believers in so many places. We ask tonight that as we look again at the book of Exodus, that you might teach us these truths that point us toward the Lord Jesus, that point us toward... Uh, what it is to have a living relationship with you as priests of God. What a blessing it is to be saved. <clears throat> Warm our hearts now and help us to understand your word clearly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good to see all of you tonight. And if you have your Bibles, find your place in Exodus 29. Those of you who are listening to us and uh, uh, joining us online as you do and you have for all these years, may the Lord bless you. And we miss you. We thank God for you. Anytime you can be here, let us know. Uh, text us, call us, email us. If you're unable to be here, we know some of you cannot be, but we're glad that you're here and may the Lord bless you. So I hope that you've picked up a copy of the outline. It's a little bit longer than usual. There are, uh, uh, chapter 29 has 46 verses in it. And again, as we've been doing, uh, without apology, I share with you tonight, uh, we go line by line, line by line. Every word of God is God's word. And every word of God uh, that is in the word of God, the words matter, so we take the time to read them. We take the time to go through them and think about them, and then we'll make some observations about them. Last week, if you were uh, with us, uh, we looked at uh, Exodus chapter 28, and many of your Bibles have topics and you have titles. And we looked at the, the garments of the priests. And we talked about the fact that the priests were given their assignment to minister to the Lord. They were given the assignment to carry out the worship uh, that was to take place for, for Israel. And that the priest is the sacrificer. The priest is the one who carries out the work of bringing the sacrifices, and then, of course, the high priest. We saw the beauty of these garments that are described here, and we talked about the fact that all of us who are born again in this room tonight, we are believer priests. You are now a priest of God. We all come to, we come to God on, in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no uh, special priest between us and God. There's nobody who tells us, uh, somehow separately how we can understand the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is in you, and so now you are 
a priest of God. We celebrate that. We sometimes overlook it. We sometimes uh, don't think about the, the privilege of being priests of God, but that's what we, be, we started talking about last week, and we'll continue to talk about it tonight. Some of you have not been with us, and the book of Exodus, as we're just moving through it, uh, this is uh, uh, a, a very important book for us to understand how God saves and had, they, had these events not happened in Exodus, we would not have salvation in Jesus Christ. So remember, everything that's written in the Old Testament builds for us. It is all a part of God's plan of salvation and what happened to uh, Israel. And uh, we remember these things are established. And the Lord Jesus himself grew up as a boy and grew up as a man until he started his ministry and even in his ministry he practiced going to the feasts, and he understood the Word of God, and he went to the synagogue, and he was, um, a, he was born into this world as a Jew and as the Messiah promised one of Israel. So tonight, uh, Exodus uh, 29, our focal truth is this, that God gives instructions here to Moses concerning the consecration of the priests who are going to minister to God. He also gives direction on the entire week. This is a week long. This is a, we're reading now about what happens during the consecration of priests. It's a week long activity and it's very significant. And this goes on generation after generation for hundreds and hundreds of years in Israel. So we're going back to the beginning of it to understand it. Uh, I've given you in the outline just this, the, 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 there's, a, there's an interesting um, way in which this outline goes. So in, uh, you have, first of all, a, a section where it will give you a statement about the sacrifices for consecration for the priests and service. That's uh, just to look at your outline, it's verses 1 through 3. Then it talks about Aaron and his sons being consecrated. Then it comes back to another set of priestly sacrifices for consecration, verses 10 through 28. And then you have, again, another section about Aaron and his sons being consecrated with their holy garments. And then you have the priestly sacrifices for consecration for service in verses 31 through 34. And then you have Aaron and his sons consecrated for service. And then finally, one last time, the priestly sacrifices for consecration for the altar, for the altar of sacrifice that stands outside the door of the tabernacle. Now, those of you not been with us, I can't re redo all of this, but so we we're now at the outside. We're standing on the outside of the tabernacle, and there we stand, and there standing before the tabernacle. Before you go into the holy place, and then into the holy of holies in that veil, that tabernacle stands. There's a door, and in front of it there is a massive altar, upon which we we looked at this in really some detail, this altar in chapter 27, the bronze altar. There stands the bronze altar. And upon the bronze altar, sacrifice and blood, the burning of flesh, of animals, and the pouring out of blood, and the slaughtering of animals takes place every day. There is something to be reminded of us about the importance of holiness with God and what does it take to make us right with God. It requires an innocent sacrifice and the shedding of blood. 
And so we stand in our minds. You can look at it sometime on the computer, all kinds of artwork about it. I want you to hear it from me in your mind. You walk up and there a child of Israel brings their children and there they stand. There's the tabernacle in the midst of all the tents of all of Israel. And what do they see as they, as they approach? A massive bronze altar that stands between them and the presence of God in the tent. And there are those called priests from the tribe of Levi who only do the service of worship for all of Israel. So let's just read through this tonight, first of all. Then we'll come back and make some observations from the notes. But I, again, uh, some of you are going to say, so you're going to read 46 verses from Exodus 29. Yes, every single word. Every single word. So if you're at home, you better find your Bible. Uh, this is an exciting time to see on television while I'm reading, you know. But this is the Word of God, and we need to hear it. And perhaps for some of you, you've never, except maybe in your Bible reading, read these words before. Now, this is what you shall do to them, that is to Aaron and his sons, to consecrate them to minister as priests to me. Take one young bull and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers spread with oil, you shall make them of fine wheat flour. You shall put them in one basket and present them in the basket along with the bull and the two rams. I want you to please note, uh, we'll come back to it in verse 3, the word present. Present them in the basket along with the bull and the two rams. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. You shall take the garments and put on Aaron the tunic and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and gird him with the skillfully woven band of the ephod and you shall set the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. So this is Aaron as he is now robed as high priest. Uh, then, verse 7, you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them. You shall gird them with sashes. Aaron and his sons and bind caps on them, and they shall have the priesthood by a perpetual statute. So you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. So there's the act of ordaining them, setting them apart for service as priests to God and high priests. Then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. Again, we got some cow people in this room. We got some cow people in this room. I'm talking, yeah, waving your. You know what a bull is. It's not a dog, it's not a chihuahua, it's not just some. It's a bull. A bull. I'm in Dixon. You know what I'm talking It's a bull. Sorry. Then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting. They're not always cooperative. They're not always cooperative. You shall bring the bull 
before the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull, and you shall slaughter the bull before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. You shall think of the children. Think of around, all around. This is all outside. This is at the tent of the, this is at the tabernacle. This is right in front. This is at before the bronze altar. The slaughtering of the bull. The slaughtering of the bull. You shall slaughter the bull before the Lord. And twelve, you shall take some of the bull, blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger. Blood splattered, all falling on the ground. It's all poured out. The priest takes his finger and puts it on the horns at each corner, as we read about the bronze altar. And you shall pour out all the blood at the base of the altar, all the breast of it at the base of the altar. A bloody altar with bull's blood. You shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys, notice the detail of the Word of God and the fat that is on them, and offer them up in smoke on the altar. Burn them all up. But the flesh of the bull and its hide and its refuse, you shall burn with fire outside the camp. It's a sin offering. Note that in your Bible. You shall also take the one ram. Now let's think about a ram. Think about a ram. Think about this animal, the powerful ram. And Aaron and his son shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall, and you shall slaughter the ram and take its blood and sprinkle it around the altar. Now the blood sprinkled. The blood of the bull pushed, applied to the horns, the rest of it pouring out, poured out at the base. Now the first ram, the ram's blood is sprinkled around the altar. Then you shall cut the ram into its pieces and wash its entrails and its legs and put them with its pieces and its head. And you shall offer up in smoke the whole ram on the altar. This is a big altar. A ram's a big animal. It's laid out on the altar. And it is burnt completely. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is, please notice this phrase, we'll see it repeated. It is a soothing, the Hebrew word is quieting, calming, actually tranquilizing. It's a soothing aroma. As the ram burns before God. This act of worship is a soothing aroma, an offering by fire to the Lord. Then you shall take the other ram, a second ram. And Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall slaughter the ram. And take some of its blood and put it on the, please notice this time, not to the altar, but to the priest, the blood now goes. Now the blood is applied to the priest's body. Please notice. You shall take some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear and on the lobes of his son's right ears. 
and on the thumbs of their right hands and on the big toes of their right feet and sprinkle the rest of the blood around the altar. Now blood is applied to the body of the priest. What is it? Ear, thumb, and toe. Ear, thumb, and toe. We'll talk about that in a moment. Then you shall take some of the blood that is, in the, that is on the altar and some of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments. So now there is the sprinkling of blood and anointing oil all over these priestly garments. They've washed themselves and now they're sprinkled with blood. They're washed, these beautiful, these beautiful garments now are splattered with blood and with anointing oil. And on his garments and his son's garments, verse 21, garments with him, so he and his garments shall be consecrated as well as his son's and his son's garments with him. You don't do worship without your holy garments. You shall also take the fat from the ram and the fat, and, and the fat tail and the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe of the liver, notice the detail, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them and the right thigh, for it is a ram of ordination. And one cake of bread and one cake of bread mixed with oil and one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread which is set before the Lord. And you shall put all these in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his sons and shall and shall wave them. It's, it is, the, the, the word means to lift up. The Hebrew word is, we think of wave like this. It's, not, it's, it's, wave. it's to wave them as an offering before the Lord. And you shall take them from their hands and you shall offer them in smoke on the altar. A burnt offering for a second time. The soothing aroma, quieting, calming aroma before the Lord. It is an offering by fire to the Lord. So it is the... Lifting it up, notice you lift, it's raised to the Lord, given to Him. And then what does the Lord do? He gives it back and then it's burned. Think of this picture as it's happening. Think of this picture as it's happening. A real physical action taking place. The, the imagery of it, the picture of worship, the the work that's being done here is significant for us all as we think about worship. Then you shall take, verse 26, the breast of Aaron's ram of ordination and wave it as an offering. Again, you take the breast, you raise it, the breast of the ram. And you wave this before the Lord and it shall be your portion. So this belongs now as food for the priests. You shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering, which was waved, which was offered from the lamb of ordination, from the one which was from, for Aaron and for, uh, from the other which was for his sons. Breast and thigh, breast and thigh become the portion given for the priests. And it shall be 26... Uh, it shall be for Aaron and his sons as their portion forever, 
from the sons of Israel. For it is a heave offering, and it shall be a heave offering from the sons of Israel, from the sacrifices of their peace offerings, even their heave offering to the Lord. As they bring their sacrifices, this is the portion that feeds the priests. Now we have a new focus, 29. The holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him, that in them they may be anointed and ordained. For seven days the one of his sons who is priest in his stead shall put them on when he enters the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. So they have these garments to wear, and they wear them. And they, for seven days, this is going on during the consecration and the ordination and the setting apart of these priests to do their ministry to God, and this is the order. Now we come further with the matter of food for the priests. You shall take the ram of ordination, boil its flesh in a holy place. Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket. At, please notice, where are they going to eat? They're going to go to the fellowship hall? Where are they going to eat? They're going to eat at the door of the tent. They're going to eat with God at His place. They're going to, have, they're going to eat before God. And we've seen this before in the book of Exodus. When the elders stood with Moses as they saw the glory and the majesty of God, you remember he took the elders, those of you who've been with me, through this long journey in Exodus, you remember they ate with God on the mountain. Oh, there's some significant things for us to think about here. Oh, this is very important. Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Maundy Thursday is going to come. Followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who are part of this church, we will gather in this place and we will eat with the Lord at the table of the Lord. It is an important event. It's not secondary. It's primary. It is tied to our worship. It is tied to our, our walk with God. Thus, shall, uh, thus they shall eat those things by which atonement was made by their ordination and consecration. But a layman shall not eat of them because they're holy. Everybody just doesn't come get some of this. It's not common food, it's holy food, and it's only for priests. Thus you shall do to Aaron and to his sons, 35, according to all that I've commanded you, you shall ordain them through seven days. So this will be the pattern. A seven-day ordination process. Seven days. Seven days. Everything God tells us to do, everything He told Israel to do mattered. There's no incidental or happened. Everything is detailed. We've seen it in the building of all the furnishings for the tabernacle. We've seen it in the detail of how the tent covers are made. We've seen it in the hooks and the buckles and the, and the strings and the ropes and the veils and the screens. God knows everything about your life and the details of your life are before Him. And He expects us to live by His Word and accomplish His purposes. So, He says, it's 36, Each day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement. You shall, so, for the seven days, a bull is offered. You shall purify the altar when you, make, uh, when you make atonement for it, and you shall anoint it to consecrate it. 
For seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. Then the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar shall be holy. This isn't a common altar. It's the holy altar of sacrifice. It's the, it is the place where sin offering, burnt offering, and fragrant aroma rises for all these days. Israel smells the smell. How do I say it to you, dear people? I say it to you all the time. What do we learn from Israel? The blood flows, the animals die, the blood flows, and the smoke rises. This is what God ordained for Israel to teach us some essentials about worship. 38. Now, this is what you shall offer on the altar. Two one-year-old lambs each day, continuously. Bull, rams, and now lambs. Lambs. Sheep. Got them scattered all over Dixon, don't we? Sheep. Here it's not goats, it's lambs. Notice, think about this. Think about the children seeing this. You shall offer on the altar two one-year-old lambs each day continuously. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And there shall be one-tenth of an ephod, this is a measurement, a fine flour mixed with one-fourth of a hen, it's a measurement, of beaten oil and one-fourth of a hen of, of wine for a drink offering with, it, with the one lamp. Drink offering is you pour it out. You don't drink it, you pour it out before God. It's a drink offering. It's poured out. So they mix this together, and we read now, The other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and offer the same grain offering, 41, and the same drink offering as in the morning for a, a third time, for a soothing aroma and offering by fire to the Lord. It shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations. Please notice where? At the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord. Now what do we get to here? I will meet with... Look, now we come to the promises. What happens when priests are consecrated to God? What happens when God's priests are set apart to do their holy service? I'm about to get to us now. What do you do? What happens? What happens when the priests... Oh, look at the promises here. Look at the I wills. Look at the promises God makes here. I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will meet with you and I will speak to you. 42. 43, I will meet there with the sons of Israel. I'll meet with all of God's people, and it shall be, and it shall be consecrated, by my, and my glorious presence will be there with my people. 44, I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. It will be set apart. The tent of meeting is that holy place where we meet God. It's that secret place. And the altar upon which... The burnt offerings and sacrifices are made. I will and I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to minister as priests to me. 
45, I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. I will dwell among them and be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. What is it that God chooses and desires to do more than anything else, my dear friends? It is to be with us, to meet us, to have fellowship with us, for us to have relationship with us, for us to be reconciled to Him. This is the point of the gospel. Hostile sinners who hate God are reconciled to God and become His friends, His children. And now we enjoy fellowship with Him. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. This is what it means to be saved. It is that we enjoy this not only personal... Some people have the idea of this idea, well, you know, I'm just going to be saved and boy, I'm going to have my own relationship with God. We do it all together here. We enjoy this together as God's children. We have joint fellowship together with one another through the blood of Jesus and we have fellowship together. So with all of that said, if you'll go to that last section about what we remember, I want to read again for you uh, a verse that we looked at last time, 1 Peter. And if you haven't marked it in your Bible, most in this room tonight, looking around, knowing who's here, you know these words. I'm not saying new things to most of you here. But 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 become very important for us to remember. I want to read them again to you. Because I'm speaking to believer priests here tonight. I'm speaking to you as a priest of God. You've been saved and now you are a priest of God. And as I was saying last week, no lazy priests. No lazy priests. We're to be priests of God with excellence. We're to, we're to do what God calls us to do as His people. So what did Peter say to us? First uh, Peter 2, 9. You, talking to us now who are believers, he's talking to believers. You are a chosen race. You've been chosen by God. You believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. He chose you. You chose Him. Praise God for being a chosen one. But secondly, you're a royal priesthood. Not only are we a priesthood, but we're of the order of the Lord Jesus Christ. The order of royal priests, king priests. You are a royal priesthood. You, all of us who are believers in Christ here tonight, celebrate the fact that you are a chosen race of God's, you are the chosen race of God's people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I will, how does he say it here? Uh, I will dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. The Lord possesses us by the Holy Spirit. No longer am I possessed by substances and alcohol and other things. I'm possessed by the Spirit of God. Praise God for being possessed by the Holy Spirit of God. So, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Please notice, so that you may proclaim, you may say, you may tell the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness. All of us in this room, we once lived in the darkness of sin. We lived in the misery of it without hope, without God in misery and bondage and wickedness and godlessness. And now we've been called out of that mess. We've been called out of darkness into, how can Peter say it? Marvelous light. 
Unbelievable light. We live in the light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You were not, you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise God to be saved. Can anybody else say amen? Man. So believer priests serve the Lord and we must set ourselves apart. So I come back now. Again, I apologize because old Pastor Mike does his own typing and sometimes my thick fingers don't cooperate. That's supposed to be Romans 12, 1, not verse 11. So let's go back to Romans 12, 1. I go to it repeatedly as I've been in this church and perhaps I've spoken to you about Romans 12, 1 as much as anything else. Why is this important? Well, let me set the context again. Exodus 29. Now this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them to minister as priests to me. If you're going to minister to God as a priest, are you listening to me tonight? There's something you must do every day. There's something you must do every day. Paul says it to us. Here is your spiritual service of worship. A lot of people talk about worship. Everybody wants to talk about worship. What it is, what's not, is music, is this, that. What is worship? What is your spiritual service of worship? What is your spiritual act of worship? I urge you, brethren. I'm talking to all my brothers and sisters tonight. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, here's that word, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, please notice, which is your spiritual service of worship. I read it to you again, Exodus 29, and... uh, Take one bull, two rams without blemish. This is verse 1. Unleavened bread, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers spread with oil, and you shall make them of wheat flour, and you shall put them in a basket and present them in the basket along with the bull and the two rams. Standing before the tent of meeting is a basket filled with these items and a bull and two rams. Here it is, Lord. We've brought the sacrifice. And when you and I wake up every day, we go before God. This is as serious as anything I can say to you. This is why there's a lack of power in some believers' lives. This is why they're walking away from God and they're not walking by faith. They do not perform this act of worship. You must sit before the Lord every day and say, here is my body. I am alive and I am going to commit to use my body only for holy things today. I am not going to use my body to do any unholy things. Not with my eyes, not with my ears, not with my tongue, not with my hands, not with my feet. The blood's on the ear so that I hear holy things. The blood is on the thumb, so that I do what is holy with my hands. The blood is on the toe, so that I walk in places and I live holy in an unholy world. This is what we do as priests. This is your spiritual service of worship. You must 
Present yourself to God. Believers, uh, priests serve the Lord by sacrifice, by the sacrifice of Christ, number two, and the filling of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul was talking about when he talked about Epaphras bringing the gift. He says, Epaphroditus brought the gift and it was a fragrant aroma, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. The, the Philippian church tried to care for, for Paul and they gave him gift and they gave him his, uh, you know, some money to take care of him and some items to help him while he was in jail. And these things were a blessing to him. Look, as believer priests, we serve the Lord and we are priests because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ and the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And because of that, now we do service for God and to others. Believer priests present their bodies. I cannot emphasize that enough. So what does Romans 12, 2 say? Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I present myself every day. Look, my mind, gets, my mind needs to be renewed, just like a battery. Just like a battery. Just like a battery. So my, our, our uh, grandson, you know, he's got all these battery things. What in the world? He leaves everything on, and the battery just it runs off. He has trains that run all the time. I woke up the other day. What's that noise? Oh, it's four of those little trains over there. Tommy the train and all the rest of it. They're just running. So pastor, what do we do? Said, Let them run till the batteries are gone. That's over. Everything has to be renewed when it has a battery. Your mind must be renewed. Your mind must be renewed. Have you renewed your mind today? It needs it every day. There's too much mess in the world. There's too much that comes through our minds. We have our own flesh to deal with. We have the world and all of the things we've talked about. And the evil one who seeks... Look, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to be transformed, you must renew your mind by starting by presenting your body to God. Here I am. Believers put on the new clothes of Christ's righteousness, number four, and holiness for service. We talked about it last week from Colossians, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't want to repeat too much. Some of you weren't here with us. I'm just trying to make sure that everyone has a chance to hear this. You know, what, what did uh, Paul say, you know, in Colossians 3? He talks about what we put on. He talks about the clothes. Let me read it to you again. Colossians 3, verse number 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, I'm talking to Christians here, Holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. That's the clothes you wear. That's the clothing I wear as a believer in Jesus Christ. Compassion, not hatred. Kindness, not unkindness. Humility, not pride. Gentleness, not harshness. Patience, not impatience. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also. And beyond all these things, Colossians 3, 14. Put on love. These are the clothes we wear. Clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have no righteousness on my own. I'm saved and I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ by the blood of Christ when I believed in Him. But now I have new clothes. These are the clothes I wear. And I cannot do service to God without these clothes on. God resists the proud and He gives grace to the humble. 
And then believer priests offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So, so I met in the hall today with one of our dear people. She's having a really hard time physically. And she came, and she's so kind, she came and she brought me something, and I was so appreciative that she was thoughtful to do that with all of her pain and her struggle, barely able to get in the building, barely able to get down the hall. And yet she says, I am thankful to God even in all of my physical troubles. Hebrews 13, 15. Through Him then. Here's what you do as a priest. Through Him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips that give thanks to His name. You know, we've talked about it before. What did Paul say in another place? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I just gave that to you today, whatever you're going through. You see, I don't have an, oblig I don't have an option as a priest of God except to offer these sacrifices of thanks. And it is a sacrifice to thank God when it's hard. It's a sacrifice to thank God when you think you're in charge of your life, when you're doing it all. So tonight we've looked at Exodus 29 and tried to move our way through this unbelievable, unbelievable. There's so many other observations, so many other things that I could have talked about tonight. But I think this gives you some insight. I would recommend to you in your own private time as you draw near to God, read it again. Read it again. How precious it is to know that the great fragrant aroma before God forever is the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross. That's what Paul said. So number six, draw near to God, draw near to God, draw near to God. We like to draw near to each other. We like to draw near to our families. We like to draw near to our friends. But do you draw near to God? Draw near to God. Present yourself as a living and holy sacrifice. And He will draw near to you. I quote it to you again as we close. I will meet with you to speak to you there. I will meet there with the sons of Israel, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to minister as priests to me. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. They shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near at the door. Come, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God. It moves us. It stirs us. It instructs us. So tonight I think especially for myself, the blood applied to my ear. May I hear with holy hearing. The blood applied to my thumb. May I use my hands as clean hands for clean and holy purposes before God. And the blood on my toe. 
May I be one of those who is a messenger bringing good news to others. May I go along my path, along my way each day, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and glorifying God as best I can in all my ways and following Jesus and running for heaven. Thank you, Lord, for this time in your word. Thank you, Lord, for your dear people who are here. Bless the people of First Baptist Church. May you raise us up to be a people, a, pre, a, a group of holy priests who worship and glorify you and share the gospel until you come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to see all of you tonight. May the Lord bless you. You may see somebody here tonight you don't know. Introduce yourself if you can, and Lord willing, see you Sunday. Have a great, have a, have a great rest of the week.